0: I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God, we would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Rahim Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast.
1: Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Rahim Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought.
0: Award-winning producer Raheem Shabazz continues the Elementary Genocide documentary series with the School to Prison Pipeline. That film exposes the social engineering done to African-American children yeah. in the school system. And his other film, Elementary Genocide 2, yeah. The Board of Education versus The Board of Incarceration, takes an even deeper look yeah. at the history of the American school system and how it was made to justify yeah. subjugating black Americans. These films are on track to be the most discussed films in black America. These films feature people like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cretz-Welsing, yeah. and many, many more. The documentary is available right now at elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com.
1: You must find a way to get in the way. You must find a way to make trouble, but let it be good trouble, necessary trouble. You know, I said it today and I will say it again. If we can't sit at the table, let's knock the fucking legs off. Excuse me. I'm tired of talking, man. You know what I'm saying? I haven't done that much talking. You know? The, the, the talking I do, man, is, is, is like, um, like mom said, it should be clearly understood that all major decisions will be decided on the battlefield. To become a part of this system is to become a part of a criminal enterprise. To become a part of this operation, man, is to be a criminal. You see, because it was a criminal enterprise, it was a criminal intent in its initial stages of, of development okay, it was, it was criminal then to put the same kind of chain, when they put the chains on brothers and sisters and brought them here it's the same chains that they put on us to bring us from here to cook. and it's the same people putting them on the same people now, they, like Malcolm said, see, the, 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 the house negro represents the Novocaine like Malcolm was talking about when the doctor's gonna take your tooth and he squirt some Novocaine in your mouth to make them think you're not doing anything to you now it's the house negro putting the chains on you in the name of the slave master's law to make you think that they're not doing anything to you or that you're going to get a, a better treatment. And he's a house nigger. The, 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 the house nigger, he loved the master more than he loved, more than the master loves himself. If the master gets sick, he says, what's the matter, boss, we sick. If the master's house gets you on fire, he try to put it out with his hand. I'm the field nigger. I pray that the master die, and I've made sure that the master died on past occasions. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not afraid to do it again. Okay? Peace.
0: Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz. And we are back for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And this week, we are going to discuss... The massive shooting that's going on all around the country. Um, these race soldiers that are posing as police officers that are getting off with killing unarmed citizens that are black. We're going to get into a lot of that this episode. And one thing that I want to let everybody know that the rash of violence that is being visited upon us as a people is not coincidental Um, it's been happening for a long time and it's happening more frequently because Trump is in office and also there is several cases that's in the news high profile police shooting cases that's in the news is either being dismissed or going to trial And we need to be mindful of that, that all of this is taking place at the same time. And we also have to be mindful of who the attorney general is, which is Jeff Sessions. So don't expect no justice coming from the United States government when it involves police shooting on the federal level. Now, many of y'all may be familiar with the situation concerning the 12-year-old Tamir Rice, and it been announced this week that the officer in the Tamir Rice case was actually fired by the police department. Tamir Rice was killed in 2014, and within a year, a grand jury cleared the officer of all charges and did not decide to bring criminal charges. However, the officer got fired, and the 911 reporter that didn't convey to the officer that the person that called 911 said that it probably was a fake gun that the kid was playing with. So the officer gets fired, He's allowed to avoid a jail sentence because, as you know, as I previously stated, the attorney general is a blatant, racist, white supremacist named Jeff Sessions that is not going to pursue any civil rights violation against any of these officers or any of these police departments. So there was no justice served in that case. And that officer's name is Timothy Lockman. And you can um, read about him. There are several reports prior to this incident with Tamir Rice. He had several administrative disciplinary actions taken against him for excessive use of force. And he was a known road cop. And now we have this week, actually, we'll be starting the trial of Minnesota Police Officer Yanez. And for those that are not familiar, Officer Yanez is the one who killed our brother, Fernando Castro. And his, his trial starts this week. If y'all remember, Philando was killed live on Facebook. The officer said he stopped him because he looked like a wide-nosed suspect in a recent robbery. Now, let's stop right there, family. Wide-nosed suspect. You got to understand these cold words. wide nose is a description of how they describe black melanated individuals with broad nose so <laughs> that could have been me that could have been you that could have been any one of us but this is the premise that they use to stop this young man who was licensed to carry a gun who informed the officer that he did have a license to carry a gun and that he was armed and was complying with the officer's command and if you recall he was shot in the car and it was Facebook Live from, I think it was his wife or his fiance, i I'm not sure. But also, there was a child that was present in that situation. Fortunately, charges was pressed against this officer. Now, whether he go to jail or not, I, I highly doubt it. But one thing that is interesting is that The defense plans to introduce that Philando had traces of marijuana in his system and did not comply with the officer's orders. Now I got to ask you, family. Since when marijuana makes one's decision to comply restricted? I'm going to love to see the forensic evidence on that one. You got to understand they are pulling... anything to discredit this brother and said that he contributed to his own demise because he indulged in marijuana which probably is a recreational drug that's legal in Minnesota. I'm not sure if it's legal in that state but I know in several states it's legal to smoke marijuana. But Nevertheless, whether it is or it's not, that doesn't restrict you from complying with someone's order. So, you see that they are reaching. And that's what happens when they want to protect their own. And they try to use the same laws that they enact to work for their benefit. And that's why you have laws like Blue Lives Matters. And you have all these organizations such as the police uh, unions that go to bat for these rogue officers who are nothing but race soldiers parading as police officers. Now, as y'all know, there has been many cases of white racist supremacists killing innocent individuals. And the ones they're going after is Those that are deemed soft targets And when I say soft targets I mean children I mean women I mean elderly Those that they feel that are vulnerable And that will not resist or fight back So you notice that Unless it's a police officer of course That no white supremacists are coming in predominantly black neighborhoods and unleashing the terror that they are doing so that's why when individuals are quick to leave the neighborhood from which they come or do not want to reside in a predominantly black neighborhood situations like this can and will occur so you have to be careful Now in Portland, Oregon There was a white supremacist And his name was Jeremy Christian And he was recently charged with murder For the brutal knife attack On a Portland train And he Killed two individuals And one individual um, Lived And he slashed them in the throat and they was coming to the defense of, I think it was two Muslim sisters that he was harassing. And he just made his appearance in court. And he really showed who he was. And he's unapologetic about being a white nationalist, a white supremacist. And in court, he yelled, death to the enemy of America. You call it terrorism? Terrorism. I call it patriotism. So a lot of these individuals that deem themselves as being patriotic and they want to fly the American flag and the Confederate flag, they're known terrorists. They're white supremacists. And that's why there is a fight and a backlash from these supremacist groups that don't want to see the monuments come down, that don't want to see the confederate flag no longer being flown on federal federal or state municipal buildings that are being paid for by the taxpayer but you know what, I noticed that's interesting in this case with Jeremy Christian is that the news didn't report that he was a high school dropout that he spent time in prison for robbing a convenience store. Anytime an individual is arrested, or not even arrested, anytime an individual is unarmed and being shot by the police, they are quick to get his school records, to get his arrest records, whether it was a misdemeanor, a domestic spew, they always go and get their records and try to demonize them in the public's eye. But here it is, this known, unapologetic white supremacist who's a high school dropout and did time in prison for robbing a convenience store, which he admitted that he robbed. Because he said that they never sell winning tickets to the lottery. None of that is being discussed in the news. And you will also notice that when the other white supremacists killed our brother that was in college at Bowie University in Maryland. They talked about how the killer was a college student. And that he held down a job. They didn't try to demonize him. They didn't try to say that he was part of a racist white supremacist group. That he was a part of. And the news knew about it because of his Facebook post. And his name was Sean Urbanski. And the individual that he murdered, as y'all know... His name was Richard Collins III. And shout out to Bowie State. They actually spoke about him during the commemorative graduation. And they also had a special moment for him. And they have a real telling picture that has been circulated heavily online. And I actually posted it on my Facebook. And they had his gown and his diploma in an empty chair. Because he got killed on that Saturday. But the following Tuesday, he was scheduled to graduate. So you got to understand, we are at war. And these racist white supremacists are targeting Not only soft targets, but the brightest that is amongst us. This young man had a promising career ahead of him. But it was cut short by a racist white supremacist. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take a commercial break and we're going to come back. And we're going to talk about some more incidents that's happening Uh, One recently, in fact, we'll discuss that now before we even go to a commercial break. This one comes out of Clear Lake, California. A white supremacist named Anthony Hammond took a machete and in a rage attacked a black man after yelling racist words to him. He was apprehended by the police and he is being charged with murder. Now you have to understand that these are not lone incidents. There was another incident where an individual went on a shooting spree at a pool. They didn't charge him with a hate crime, they didn't call him a terrorist, although he shot eight individuals. But be mindful that there was whites, there was Asian, and other ethnic groups in that pool. But those that were shot and those that was targeted from this white racist supremacist was all black. But the FBI released a statement saying that it's too late to conclude whether this was a hate crime. I want to know what constitutes a hate crime because each and every one of these killings and police shootings of unarmed citizens are not coincidence it's not a coincidence that someone is born black you are black and you are being targeted and that's not a coincidence it's a deliberate plan but let's go to a commercial break and i'll be right back This is Raheem Shabazz, the Necessary Blackness podcast. Necessary Blackness
1: podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on
0: truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Peace and power, black family. This is Necessary Blackness, and I am your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are back. Tomorrow is June 1st, and as many of y'all know, the month of June is considered national re-entry month all throughout the nation, and we would like to help those who are returning citizens be able to be gainfully employed, be able to find housing, and be able to return back to society as taxpaying citizens. And we already know that when individuals are released from prison that the debt is stacked against them and they deserve a second chance. And that's why We call them returning citizens. We don't call them ex-felons. Because we know who the felons are. We know who the criminals are. And just because you haven't been charged with a felony or haven't been charged with a crime doesn't make you not guilty. And many of those, in fact, 85 to 90% of those that are in jail took some form of plea bargaining in order for them to plead guilty and the reason why they do that family is because if you're offered five years in jail but you face a minimum of 15 years in jail and you already served three years in jail and you getting ready to go to trial you do the math you'll take that five any day Whether you're innocent or guilty. Some people, they fight the system and they win. But for the majority of us, you're not going to win fighting the system. Especially if you're in federal court. In federal court, there's over a 90% conviction rate for those that do decide to go to trial. Real quickly, i like to make several different announcements. Friday, July 14, 2017, I will be in Miami, Florida for a screening and lecture. Make sure you come out. I'll have more information posted on my Facebook, my Instagram, and my Twitter. So make sure you save that date. Also, I want to give a big shout-out. To Truth Preparatory Academy in St. Paul's, Minnesota. Today at 5:30 p.m., they are giving a screening for elementary genocide, the school to prison pipeline. If you're in the Minnesota area, make sure you go out and support that event. It's free and open to the public. And also on August 12, 2017. The Pan-African Congress will be taking place here in Atlanta. The theme for the conference is called Creating the Future of Black History. And it will be held at the Georgia World Congress Center. And I will be speaking there. Make sure you come out. Make sure you save the day. And you also can go online and purchase your tickets Information is available, once again, on my Facebook, my Instagram, and my Twitter. So make sure y'all come out and see me. Um, I think right after August 12th, I will be on the road for at least six weeks doing screenings of Elementary Genocide Three Academic Holocaust. We are getting everything in order right now. The documentary is looking beautiful. This is going to be the one family. Everybody that's seen it gave it high praises. And they haven't even seen the documentary. they seen little snippets of it. Like some people might fall through. And they, you know, let me see what you're working on. And I'll show them it. And they like, wow, brother. You're really putting your feet in this. So it's coming along good. Um, I'm not going to say when the release date is. I do not do that. <laughs> People have been hitting me up all day asking me when the release date is. This is not a mixtape. It takes time. And you have to be persistent with this. And you cannot rush creativity. So if I say it's going to be done in three weeks, then psychologically... In my mind, I'm trying to get this done in three weeks. And when you're doing a creative process, you just have to let it flow. So make sure y'all check that out. Also, we have one more announcement. This is a very important announcement. As many of y'all know, we have been giving you good content on this podcast on a weekly basis. Give or take, we might miss a week because, as y'all know, we are knee-deep into the editing process of getting this documentary out to the public. So, we missed a couple of weeks here and there, but we have been consistent for the last 23, 24 weeks. And we want to start broadcasting twice a week. I know it's going to be Wednesday, and I'm looking at Sunday. I don't know. We might change it to another day. But tentatively, Wednesday and Sunday, you're going to now be able to check out Necessary Blackness podcast. However, we are looking for a female co-host for the Necessary Blackness podcast, and that female co-host must possess humor wit, candidness. An ability to create dialogue that ranges from social issues to the economic empowerment from Black America perspective. If you feel like you got what it takes to be on Necessary Blackness Podcast, definitely hit us up. Send an email to Necessary Blackness Podcast at Gmail, and someone will get right back to you make sure you send that email to necessary blackness podcast at Gmail and put it to attention. Raheem Shabazz and then the subject put co-host. So I'm not going to be on here too much longer family. I have a lot to do. Um, I do know that we do have a scheduled interview with Zaza Ali. She will be in the studio Discussing her second book, Black Matters, Plagues of Dysfunction. Very good book. I read that book. I read the first one. The first one is dynamic and the second one is just as dynamic. If you haven't already purchased a copy of Black Matters, The Scientific Invention in Our Affairs, make sure you get that. Make sure you get The second book which is out now and you can get that at ZazaAli.com and for those that don't already have Elementary Genocide 1, 2, and 3 will be on the way. Make sure you go to ElementaryGenocide.com and purchase you a copy if you already have a copy and you think it's someone that can benefit from this information whether it's a school it's an organization a fraternity a sorority make sure you get your copy and you send it to your people because we have to disperse this information to each and every one it's each one teach one My name is Raheem Shabazz. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and we're going to cut this short for this week. But I will be back next week, same time, same place. Peace and power, black family.